You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. Hey, Live Different Podcast listeners. We have an awesome episode lined up for you with my friend, Martin McGovern. This will be Martin's second time on the podcast. He is one of the co-founders of Idea Lemon, and his company helps young people get recognition for their side projects. He has a program right now going on where he helps young people develop their voice. And we have a really, really awesome conversation, mainly just around happiness and accomplishment and why people do the things that they do and how to surround themselves with the right people. It is a really awesome conversation and uh, there are a ton of actionable things that people can start doing right now. It starts a little awkward uh, because I was like, we were talking before and I said, hey dude, I just got to start this. And so then I just kind of butcher the intro and try to get right back into our conversation while recording this intro now, uh, post-convo, but it was an awesome conversation. Listen up, go to under30experiences.com, sign up for a damn trip so you can meet more people like Martin. This is what I'm doing, 25 something episodes, just talking to awesome people who have been on trips and these are the leaders in our community. We talk about community. We go yes all over the world. You guys probably already know that right now, but get involved, surround yourself with good people, start thinking for yourself. That is the point, under30experiences.com. Signing out. Listen up. Cheers. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to the Live Different Podcast. My name is Matt Wilson. I am here with Martin McGovern from Idea Lemon. Uh, I've already introduced us, uh, introduced you guys to him in the intro that I have not actually recorded yet at the time. This is it's going to be amazing. Uh, we are going to talk to Martin right now. Martin has just come on the under 30 experiences team with Rajiv to help manage the community. These guys just went all over the United States on an epic road trip. And we want to talk more about what it's actually like to quit your job and do something that you're passionate about and pursue happiness and all of these questions that people are like, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. That's a, those are, um, what do you call it, castles in the sky. That's not really attainable. What does that really mean? What are people really searching for out of their lives? And Martin and I were just talking off camera and I said, dude, we just need to start recording and let's just go with it. Uh, so we were digging directly in to the topic of happiness and what people are actually seeking and Martin was gonna tell us something super profound and I cut him off and I was like, let's just record it, man. Oh man, that's a high bar to Matt. To yeah, let's, let's hear it. What does <laughs> happiness mean, Martin McGovern? Um, well, I was just kind of talking about uh, the book, The Happiness Project by Gretchen something or other. And um, she sort of goes into the book saying, uh, you know, people would question her on why she's writing about happiness and seeking happiness and things like that. And one of the things she mentioned, like people would ask is, are you unhappy? Is that why you're doing this? And she would say, well, I'm not necessarily unhappy. I just want to be the best version of myself or as happy as I possibly can be. And in doing so, she's, she kind of had to take away this idea of what happiness is and become more of just curious about happiness in general or just more so life improvement. Um, and the way she approached it, is, it's a really good book, but there was a concept in there that I thought was really interesting, which is, you know, there are different levels of happiness that different people can achieve. And so, you know, your own level of happiness, if you're a pessimist or an optimist, the, the, if you are inherently a pessimist, you can definitely push yourself to the high end of your own happiness spectrum, but you might not be matching up with maybe someone who's an eternal optimist um, if you're comparing yourself to other people's happiness. And so I think that's there's two things in there, which is, one, how do you actually define your own happiness and, like, what are you chasing? Because if you don't know what you're chasing, then you're going to constantly just be doubting the results. And then the second one is, are you comparing your happiness to the perceived happiness of others, which inherently takes down your happiness a little bit more, or are you just content 
with where you're at at any point in the, in, in the game. I'm glad that you said that last part because I was sitting here about to erupt and say, look, whoever, if she didn't mention this in the book, I was going to say she got it all wrong. I have not read the book, but I was going to say she got it all wrong because that's not the point. The point is not to compare yourself to other people. And if we're really diving deep into this, I don't think happiness is something that you can compare or you should become it comparing to other people because I think that's the root of most unhappiness is you, you use the word chasing several times well stop fucking chasing it and start experiencing every single moment and yeah I understand that I'm into yoga and meditation and, and mindfulness a lot more than the average listener probably and I don't want to lose anybody when I start talking about this stuff but stop chasing shit stop chasing that higher paying job that's gonna make you more happy or oh, I wish I had a place on the beach, right? Like, okay, I live in Costa Rica. Yeah, I don't live on the beach. I live in a very, very simple local spot and I constantly find myself walking around, looking at places saying, oh, that would be like my dream house, man. That would be so awesome. From here, I could like, look at the water while I was recording a podcast. Well, guess what? Uh, that's just me chasing more stuff, but meanwhile I could be experiencing Costa Rica and be like, holy shit, there's monkeys and jungle and ocean, and I can still hear the waves from my apartment. I just can't see them. Okay, enjoy that and stop chasing. Well, yeah, and there's there was that um, piece that was mentioned when you and Di Piazza had your conversation on the podcast which really struck a chord with me because it was right... I'm going to plug a headset in real quick. It was right toward the end of... Um, it was actually on the way home from the road trip. And we put on that episode and he had said... You guys were talking about passion, I think. And he had said, you know, passion... You don't start at passion. You gain experience and expertise and then that makes you more passionate about something. So, like, if you suck at something, you're obviously not going to be passionate about it. But if you're freaking amazing, you're going to, you know, want to go crush the next competition. Uh, I think he was talking about his fighting style or something at the time. Um, and that really struck a chord with me because a lot of what I've been sort of, like, beating myself up in my head about over the years is, like, well, you know, you never went after something or you ne you've never sat down to build the skill. And, um, you know, you would be happier if you could do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, when I came home from that, the trip, one of the biggest learnings I had was the fact that I need to sit down and start working on the skills and worry less about exactly what I'm working on, you know, happiness wise, and more so just, you know, getting up in the morning and saying, here's where I'm at, here's what I want to work on, and here's what I'm going to do today, um, which in the long run, I would say makes you more happier than sitting around dreaming about some future that may or may not come true. No, I agree. And to go back to that, uh, just to go back to the dreaming about the future that may or may not come true, um, it, it, I guess, I don't know, it depends. Again, you're chasing something at all times, and I'm trying to, the focus of my life for like the last two years has been trying to say, hey, dude, stop chasing, be in the, in the present moment. Um, but you're absolutely right. That conversation that I had with Daniel Di Piazza, geez, that might have been the second podcast, episode number three or something like that. You were back in the archives at, at this point. I, I think it was one of the, because you've done multiple with him, right? I guess I've done two with him. Yeah, it, it might have been the newer one. Okay, well, we'll, we'll find that out and, and link <laughs> it up in the show notes for everybody. But yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting, right? Because I'm not a for example, a professional surfer. And mm -hmm. for me to surf, it's actually pretty frustrating at times because the locals are so damn good. And, you know, don't, don't get me wrong, I can surf, I know how to read a wave, I know how to get up on the board, um, I know how to make a couple turns uh, on a wave, but these guys are so damn good, I find myself comparing to that, comparing myself to them when I go out and in surf culture there's a hierarchy right like the guys who can really rip you let them get the waves so you don't screw up but to get out there every day is hard for me because 
I'm just not that damn good and it actually causes me pain and not happiness the way my mind is set, mm -hmm. right? Yet, if I, I try to get out there and focus and be like, man, how lucky are you? It's, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. You were able to not be behind a desk all day and take off work a little bit early and get out here to live five minutes from the beach, look at the sunset, feel the, like you get to be out here in the waves and this is so good for you. Who cares if the Ticos are stealing all your waves, man? Like, and it's the same thing for me, like skiing and snowboarding. I can snowboard and I can get down a blue square, right? Well, that's never going to be that much fun for me because I can actually really rip on skis and it's net, you know, unless I'm like, oh, I'm really going to get out there and go through that pain, I, it's, it's hard. So I don't, I'm asking you, I guess, is have you felt that developing those skills to the point where you really just love it? Does it matter how good you are to be happy? I guess that's my question. Well, I, I love that you brought up the surfing example and skiing example because that has been, I actually wanted to talk to you about it because um, when I was younger, I'm a very anxious person in general. Um, and so when I was a kid, I was really into Tony Hawk and I was really into skateboards and everything like that. And I remember I got a skateboard is this sick element, um, skateboard with a fire in the water shooting at each other. And I brought it outside and I That's wrote awesome, it. That's awesome, by the way. Oh man, it was a cool skateboard. And I also had a tech deck that matched it. So, uh, <laughs> but I remember I would, you know, play Tony Hawk and it put this idea in my head that that's how good I should be. Um, and I'd watch videos and all that good stuff on pre YouTube. And then, um, I, I got the skateboard and I actually went around on it and it's a pain in the ass to ride. It's, it's hard to get around. I was, you know, a chubby kid. It wasn't that great for me. Uh, and I couldn't do an ollie and I drove myself crazy trying to do an ollie. Meanwhile, I'd never even learned how to just ride the thing. I would just sit in the driveway trying to do an ollie when I can't even balance, you know, going around the block. And it drove me crazy and I gave up. And then I go on this road trip and we're in Portland and we're trying to find a place to stay. And we, you know, we get into Portland without a place to stay. And we ended up at this house who was someone who knew someone that we knew who had couch surfed on someone's couch. Totally random thing. But we end up talking to one of the girls that lives in the house, and she's the number two longboarder in the country. And we're like, holy crap. And all of a sudden, all these like memories of how much I love skateboarding came pouring back into me. And I just geeked out talking to her on the podcast. And we ended up going to her board shop after. I bought a longboard, and I got home, and I was like, all right, you are not a skateboarder or a longboarder. You have no idea what you're doing on this thing. Just see if you can balance. And for the first day, because I realized that I had my footing wrong, all I did was try and balance on this thing and not fall off. Then a few weeks later, I get back to the burbs and I'm, I'm you know, riding around and I realize my footing is still the wrong way. I can balance, but my footing's wrong. Uh, they call it mango or something like that. Um, and so I have, to, I have to learn to push with my right foot and have my left foot at the front of the board. And so for 45 minutes one day, all I did was just push down the street doing a kick with my right foot and my left foot on the front of the board because I don't have any muscle in my leg and just trying to do a karate kid stance and then push again and then a karate kid stance and push again. It was almost like doing, I don't know, a yoga class or something more than it was skateboarding. And it was not pleasant, I would say. It kind of was painful. My foot kept cramping up. But uh, there was no point in there where I was like comparing myself to other longboarders because I was just like, you need to learn how to balance. Otherwise, you're never going to get to go down a hill. And then literally three days later, I'm going down the steepest hill I can find in Arlington Heights, which, of course, isn't that steep. It's just a sledding hill down the street. But the idea being, um, you know, I could have gone and found a bunch of people who are longboarders, hung out with them and been trying to keep up the way that I did when I tried to pick up cycling in college um, and constantly feel like a failure riding with these guys who have been doing it for years. Or I could just stay by myself in my own little world and work on some of the basics. And then eventually I'll get to a point where, you know, I'll feel comfortable going up to people and hitting up some streets and things like that, which may or may not happen. I don't know. But right now, if I can't balance, none of that's going to happen. And so I've just been really getting comfortable with the fact that I'm not trying to become a professional here. I'm just trying to be able to do this. And, you know, every little bit helps. I, I think you bring up an awesome point here. Uh, first of all, I want to acknowledge that skateboarding, like on a, a regular skateboard, 
that hurts like hell and I can't skateboard, I can't ollie, and the reason that I don't do it is because I don't want to fall and hurt myself because uh, approaching my 30th birthday with a broken arm will not be a good look. Uh, <laughs> longboarding, I did pick up longboarding in college and I actually used to go out when it was dark right on my roommate's longboard because I couldn't stand on the damn thing either and I started to learn but I did it by myself and I didn't compare you know part of the big part of the pain right not just the physical pain but the mental pain of getting good at something you could be really passionate about like longboarding is comparing yourself to other people which we're talking about happiness again right it kind of comes full circle is that the the thing when you go out by yourself and you have a solo practice of something or when you just enjoy doing something by yourself who cares what other people look at or how other people look at you or whatever um you you mentioned yoga again and that's such a perfect example for anybody who uh, who's ever been to a yoga class and just felt fat or not flexible or that they just were totally their mind was just geeking out the whole time when at the end of the class when you're just supposed to lay there and you're like what oh, am I doing here feeling. why am I doing this and you know meanwhile this girl has herself in a pretzel and is standing on her tits and you can't figure <laughs> out you're like what the hell's going on that's not what yoga is about that's not what skateboarding should be about it doesn't matter if you can do a 720 Tony Hawk style as long yeah. as you actually go out and enjoy it um and again if you could come back to say hey this is part of the journey because i ha actually have a, a image of myself longboarding where i was just like going down the smallest gradient if anybody's never longboarded before <laughs> the smallest gradient will send you so fast and and what feels like so fast and out of control and you don't know how to jump off and i was like going down this little tiny hill in college and I like squatted down to like hold on to the board because I didn't know what to do and I knew I was just gonna <laughs> eat it and um, but yeah if you enjoy things yourself I think that's a big part of true happiness and then you're not chasing yeah you want to always improve and become right the better best version of yourself but I would encourage anybody who's listened to this is find something that gives them joy regardless of how good they are at it in comparison to other people and then you can be then you can continually and then you're doing it for yourself you're not doing it for your ego you're not doing it for the people around you uh, because that is that is very very important oh yeah well and i'm in yoga i got i'm still working on standing on my tits uh the way you mentioned so i'll get there someday uh, i absolutely <laughs> believe you will get that martin um but no i i mean that's really true because um you know i as i'm you know riding around on this thing i'm not i'm not ever hoping to be a downhill longboard or anything i just want to have some fun with it and um the same goes for like you know after this trip we talked to srini rao and he talked about creativity and things like that and i it's like how come i haven't been drawing well i haven't been drawing because i'm on instagram looking at how great everyone else is at their art and I sit here going, well, I'm not that good, so I've missed the boat. It's gone. It's I, I should have figured it out in high school, and I didn't. Um, so don't even try because you're too old now or something like that. I don't know. Those were the thoughts that went through my head. And finally, I was just like, no, just sit down and do whatever you can do. And um, the things that started popping up again were me just you know, creating typography kind of stuff. It's not like beautiful typography the way people who have calligraphy pens and stuff have, but it's my own version and it helps, you know, it helps me think, it helps me uh, share things from our business in a creative way. And it helps me connect with others who are also doing artistic stuff, even though they're, you know, a million times better than me. It's a foot in the door to meet people that think the way I think. And if I never put my stuff out there, which is the biggest thing that I'm uh, challenging myself with right now is I similar to the longboarding, like I'm not, I'm not sitting there, you know, I'm talking about it here because I'm challenging myself to, to put more of myself out there, more of my interests out there, because I tend to keep things very close to the chest or very private, um, whereas you'll see my co-founder is very public. And so um, he's got his wrestling ET, uh, Stone Cold ET video up. And, you know, over, over the Halloween weekend, I'm like, well, should I post this video of me doing my thing in my costume? I don't know, but I ended up doing it because 
you know, you surround yourself with people who are creating and putting things out there, it attracts more people who are creating and putting things out there. Well, Martin, I have liked several of your stick figure pictures that you've posted to <laughs> Instagram, I believe. So uh, I am I am a supporter, but that's, that's really interesting, especially for people who are listening who have close friends who are really good at things. Um, uh, and who do attract a lot of attention for their work, and you also have to look at them sometimes. And I'm not just—I'm not saying Raj does anything out of out of ego or whatever, right? But I'm saying uh, if you look at if you look at people who are really good at things, are they doing it because they really love it and this gives them happiness, or is it because they want to get a lot of likes on Instagram? And if they don't. I get a lot of likes on Instagram. Then do they think that their project was a failure? I don't know. What do you? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, that's well. So I'm torn between that because on the one hand, it is great to get those things because it pushes me to do it more. If I don't like, I don't know. That's I go back and forth because on the one hand, if I was putting out. If, if if I was putting my longboarding stuff online, it wouldn't get any likes. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, do that, I do that for myself. Like, that's just my own fun. I consider it exercise some days. Um, if I go long enough distance, things like that. Um, and I've also seen the other side where, you know, people are running, tra training for a marathon. So the first marathon I trained for, uh, I didn't really have a group I did it with. I just did it by myself. I didn't really have any good reason why I was doing it so uh when when I'd come this was back right after college so I'd come home and I'd be missing dinner with my family and uh they'd be like why are you doing this and I didn't have a good answer for them and when you're trying to you know get to mile 10 and you don't have a good answer and someone's asked you uh you, you kind of lose steam and so um one of the things that I realized at that point was because I did that so solo and because that was such a hard thing to do I ended up burning out on it. I ended up not, not, I ended up actually injuring myself because I wasn't trying to put stuff out there to connect with other people who thought the same way as me or who could encourage me or help me along the way. And so while on the one hand, I would say, you know, not everything needs to get liked on Instagram. I would also say that putting it out there helps find people in your life who will say, yeah, keep going or let's support each other in some way. And so you know, if I don't put my art up online, um, yeah, when I post it, I'm going to be looking at the likes, obviously, because it's there and I'm a metrics person. But aside from just getting the likes, what I really enjoy is that when I go out for drinks with someone who's an artist, they'll say, I saw that thing you posted, and then I'll have a great conversation. And so there's kind of two levels to it. And I go back and forth on whether or not you should want those things or shouldn't want those things. But at the end of the day, I'm in a place where I do. So... <laughs> I got to just deal with that and, uh, and move forward with it. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you on that. And especially if it inspires other people to go out and do something that they're, uh, I hate using the word that they're, the phrase that they're passionate about. It's just been so over, overused, mm -hmm. but to do something meaningful with their, with their life or to get up off their ass, right? And at least try to stand on their tits. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> To try to, to, to get up and do to do something. Um, yeah. And well, so the, next yeah, thing that, the next thing I'm going to be attacking is stand-up comedy um, and improv. And so I don't want any of that online, ever. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm so terrified to even do it. I'm supposed to do it either Wednesday or Thursday this week. I've written nothing. Um, and we'll see how it goes. Because uh, I'm going to probably just binge write something the night before and hope it hope it does well, but I'm, I'm up there to challenge the fear, not so much to become the best comic in the world. Um, and so I would say like, if, if I did a set and then I put it online and I sat waiting for likes, well, I'm way too, I'm so beginner. I've not even written anything yet. So it would be ridiculous of me to expect that I'm going to do well or that people are going to like it or that it's going to start building a following immediately. It's something that I need, I need to do some kind of personal work on it first and then if ever I get to a point where I, I'm confident in it, then I can start sharing it with the world. So I think it depends on the activity and it depends on how comfortable you are with that activity being shared and being critiqued by people who may or may not understand. No, that's, uh, that's a really good point. And I wanted to ask, 
kind of the next level of this is accomplishment. And again, I think there are too many people out there who are trying to accomplish things because they want that little line on the resume or they want that little pat on the back and you have to ask what are people's motives, right? But mm -hmm. there is a lot to be said about trying to accomplish something and then when you finally do um, stand on your tits or whatever <laughs> it is, right? Once you finally uh, get good at something, well, there is, it's, it's, when I was thinking about you running, right, first of all, to be honest, I was surprised. I was like, whoa, Martin's trained for, for marathons. I, I didn't expect, I didn't see that coming, to be, to be honest. Uh, that was yeah, my, I think Raj's picture in his head was that I'm wearing old 70s clothes, like the short shorts and the high socks and the sweatband. And I'm like, yeah, that's not quite how it looked, but all right. <laughs> right, right. The, the, so this is what I'm picturing also. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, does he even like to run? Because I hate to run. Right, and actually, in uh, in five days, I'm running a 10k, but it's 10k. It's not 26 point a million miles. 26 <laughs> 26.2. I don't know. I don't. 26.2. I don't. I don't care about running because it's so painful and it's also painfully boring, and I don't necessarily like it. But it's isn't it funny how when you get to this post college age and then you you know you do some then you don't do anything for several years right and then you kind of people just get out of shape and they're like all right need something okay let's let's run a marathon that'll make me some people you think it's that'll make me feel better about myself yeah. right but well, that's exactly what i was hoping it would do okay but there's it also didn't. something to there's also something to be said about actually accomplishing something um i'm curious what your thoughts are on on that dichotomy so I never actually accomplished the marathon because I went uh, water skiing um, prior to the, like literally a week before the marathon and I tried to kick a ski off and I was unfortunately using skis that were my little brothers and my feet were way too big for them. So you're supposed to just lift your foot and tilt it and then you can slalom um, by kicking a ski off and it was stuck to my foot. So the tip of the ski ended up hitting the water. I did the splits, totally screwed up my hamstrings and continued trying to train because I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't have the right support or understanding or research even behind it. I was just like, today I'm going to run. Um, and I would say, you know, when, you, when it comes to accomplishment, it, is, it, is it one big thing at the end, like a marathon, or is it small accomplishments every day? And my current approach, uh, as opposed to the I'm working up to one thing, because I never actually got to do the marathon. I couldn't walk the day before and couldn't even get up the staircase to go. So I wanted to walk it. I ended up spending the night at home just, you know, miserable. And, you know, because I had spent months working up to this thing and I didn't get to do it, I basically failed. And all those months were a waste and I didn't run for two years. And I actually do enjoy running, but not for a goal anymore. I enjoy running for the, I went for a run this morning um, just to clear my head and start the day off on like a good foot, I guess you would say. And so most of my accomplishments, most of my goals now are micro. They're, you know, every day, here's the, here are the things that you hope to work on. And I actually have the perfect to-do list sitting at my desk right now. It's uh, workout, journal, read, draw, work, learn, write, and play. And if I can do something in each of those categories each day, which doesn't always happen, but uh, that's kind of my goal, I, I sort of see that as a really positive day and that's that's kind of where my accomplishments are aimed now um, rather than these huge looming things I am feeling that I, li I like that Martin I, I have to tell you uh, because imagine what a different world we would have if the stuff on Facebook right was mm -hmm. more about hey, I did this little positive thing today and I'm going to spread a little positivity today and not worry about how many, again, how many people like it rather than being like, oh man, I can't wait to accomplish this goal and complete that marathon and stand there with my medal and then look at your example. You didn't and you never had that Facebook post and now your life sucks, Martin. No, but I you, feel guilty every time I wear that marathon shirt. Exactly. <laughs> no, but now 
you get to say you get every day you get to experience happiness in your own way and your to-do list is fucking awesome man and that's that too many people miss that part of their life and uh, i believe off camera we were talking about so many people are these cubicle monkeys and caged up and they don't get to experience those things every day and so maybe that is maybe that's the answer to our question is they need everyone needs to feel important right everybody needs to have a sense of i guess accomplishment in in their life but yeah that's why people start training for marathons because they want to have that big thing that they can check off the list and not just for facebook if you're listening to this and like i'm a marathon runner i don't give a shit about facebook that's great but for someone listening to this, how can people, people first of all should start their own list, right? So I'm gonna answer the first part of the question for you on what people should do every day, but what practices, what things every single day can people do to make sure they accomplish their little micro goals or forget not and forget even calling them goals? What can they do to make sure that they can be a little bit happier every day by having a to-do list more like yours. Yeah, well, I think one of the reasons that I started this to-do list, um, and just in general, I I think a lot of people sign up for marathons and things like that to give themselves an excuse to do something. Um, they end up like if if I just started running tomorrow and I got it and I'm sitting at work. So this is literally back when I did have a job outside of my my project uh, Idea Lemon, um, my company Idea Lemon. Now uh, now that I've quit, but back when I was you know sitting at home just trying to go to work every day and I would I would come home if I just started running one day and I had no purpose for it or no reason why or something I was working toward. Um, it was hard for me to answer that question. And so I would say um, a lot of reasons people sign up for marathons is to give themselves an excuse so that they can explain to other people why they're changing a behavior in their life. Because I feel like you get judged the second you start trying something new. Uh, so I bought the longboard and I've already started getting comments like, oh, you're such a millennial. Oh, you're one of those people now. And I'm like, or I just like, you know, being on something with wheels that goes down a hill. That's fun. And, um, and so it's like, I have to have an excuse. I have to explain that I met this person in Portland and they brought me to their board shop. And they, you know, it's why do we have to have these excuses in order to try things that we want to try or, or do or make a change in our life? You know, if I start doing, if I become a, a vegan tomorrow, people are going to ask me why. And if I don't have a good answer, then, you know, I'm going to get a lot of shit from people. And that's, that's unfortunately the world we live in. Um, and so one of the things I would say is, you know, give yourself excuses to do the things that you want to do. So, you know, I want to draw more. But if I sit down and look at a blank sheet of paper and I don't have any clue what the purpose of drawing is or what I'm supposed to be thinking about when I sit down to draw, if there's no parameters and it's just an empty sheet of paper with the world in front of me, that's much more daunting than saying, pull a quote from a book and draw it out today. So you're supposed to read every day. So while you're reading, highlight something, and then later on, draw it. Just draw those words in a, in, a, in, a, in a creative way. And so what that does is it gives me triggers, and it gives me parameters, and it gives me a world to function in, and also I get a place to post it. It's, it's an inspirational thing from a book or a quote from a book. So now I can put it on the Idea Lemon Instagram, um, which gives me accountability. So it's, you know you have a reason to do it and a place to put it instead of it just kind of being this thing that you have to overcome this daunting task. And so I would say having reasons, giving yourself excuses and setting up triggers are really great ways to accomplish these micro goals that you might have in your life. Okay, I absolutely love that. And I'm just gonna go off for a second and say, fuck those people who want to judge you because you got a new longboard and they wanna be like, uh, bro, you got a new longboard. <laughs> Who do you think you are? Well, it's probably because they be more kind, uh, <laughs> sit on their fat ass at home and not do any, you know, and not do anything. Or, you know, I have a friend, right? Quote, friend, old friend from college who's an asshole and says, and, you know, and make will make fun of my writing or my podcast, or it's just very judgmental. But guess what? That person's life sucks. You know what I mean? Because they're so caught up in the 
in their own little worlds and their own materialism and their own um, their own judgment all of the time. And yeah, I know I've used a few unkind words, and I apologize, but I'm just going to, to tell you how I really feel. Um, and I, I really respect what you're saying, Martin, that yes, okay, you want to feel better every single day and you just like getting on the longboard so i encourage anybody out there listening and especially you make a bud make a friends with someone who likes what you do but you guys can just do it on your own and you don't have to you don't have to be judged by other people you can you can both suck at longboarding and you can still <laughs> roll around and have some fun and and not feel judged so forget the haters i think is a, a good first well, to say. Uh, and even, even yeah. beyond the haters, though, um, it's the well-intentioned uh, doubters, I think, that are the hardest, especially in my life, because I don't, I don't have true haters. I've either eliminated them or most of the friends that I've made in my life have been weirdos, too, so they don't, they don't necessarily, like, really hate on things that I do. They just kind of doubt it, and, you know, and I'm someone who will pick things up and drop them and um, move on to the next exciting thing. And so, you know, winter is about to hit, and I'm not going to be able to skateboard in the winter. So we'll see what happens next summer if this is a longboard that sits in a garage somewhere or if it becomes an actual thing I keep up with. But I think one of the, one of the toughest things to deal with is the, um, you know, people in your life who are supportive, who are good people, who are just kind of, they doubt everything. Um, or... They kind of just give you that side eye, and now you feel like you have to stand up for yourself versus just being like, yeah, no, that's cool, move on to the next thing. Like, or, you know, positive, more of a positive, like, well, you know, is this going to be something big in your life, or are you just kind of having fun? And if you're just having fun, that's cool, and move on to the next thing. But I think uh, more less extreme than haters, just nice doubters are, are a tough thing to deal with. Yeah, and I, I want to challenge that and say that nice doubters are still wrapped up in their own judgments. I have re people who really say, let's just take the classic example of you want to quit your job and your mom says, oh, Martin, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> because she has legitimate concern. I'm sure your mom is a really nice lady. and uh, But she has legitimate concern for you. But usually, at least in my experience, when I do weird shit, because I'm also a weirdo, I guess, uh, <laughs> it challenges people's way of life. It's their thinking that they've been stuck in for every, you know, this is what society and the government and everybody is supposed to tell you what to do, right? So when I eat weird foods, they're like, well, that's, that's not in the food pyramid. Well, okay, the food <laughs> pyramid is... It's a bunch of bullshit, right? Like, it's bread, man. Yeah, exactly. It's at the bottom of... This is a gluten-free program, Martin, <laughs> so if you could please not actually even mention <laughs> bread. Uh, God, I went to Paris with the same friend I was just talking about, and uh, he ate... And it's totally fine that he ate enough gluten for, for both of us, right? But he ripped on me the whole time that I would decline croissants. First of all, I, I lived there for six months, so yeah, I tasted the damn thing. But anyway, sorry, totally going oh, no, off no. on it. My, my one friend was like, I wish that I had, like, gluten flakes I could throw on your food. And I'm like, they're called breadcrumbs, man. You can buy them at the store. Dude, and you're, wait, you're actually allergic to gluten. Is that correct? Uh, so that's debatable about the science. Uh, people will give me all sorts of opinions on it. Um, from, all your scientists, it. from all your scientists All friend, my scientists right? friends. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, exactly. I'm sensitive, but... We can, uh, I, I'll let other people hate on me for that. Sure, but regardless, <laughs> right, because that challenges, right, my grandma bakes her own bread, she's a great little lady, but she bakes her own bread, and she's legitimately concerned that I don't eat bread in my, <laughs> that I don't get all the food groups, right? And, but that's because it challenges their way of life, and then these people want to see you eat bread next year, or say, Oh yeah, Martin. Like I saw that was hanging up in the closet. Um, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna continue this tangent. Go for uh, it. Someone. Okay, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna totally. I'm just gonna totally <laughs> throw these people under the bus. I'm gonna totally throw my family under the bus. When my dad, when my brother uh, decided that he wanted to have kids, my dad was skeptical and was like, "Oh yeah." 
your brother always did like animals, but uh, he, he, he really, he, I can't even say this with a straight face, this is so ridiculous, but he was like, but he usually got bored with them after a few months and brought them back to the pet store. I'm like, Dad, this is his children. Like, you can't fucking say that, man. Like, it doesn't matter if it challenges, I don't know, like, don't, the kids aren't going to be hanging up in the closet like the longboarding attempt. This isn't an experiment. This is life here. Could not. you please hope be supportive? <laughs> so, anyway, usually it challenges people's lives because they're sitting there eating bread and they think it's they think it's fine and that's fine with me too. If you want to eat bread, actually, I think I think that everybody should just drop it and see how that they how they feel. But people won't do that. People won't go through the effort. Just to actually get out and do something. So yeah, when it comes back to inspiring people, like do your 90-day bread challenge and post it on Facebook, I guess. But do it for the right reasons. Yeah, inspire people. Don't be annoying about it. Yeah, I, I try to keep it. Um, it's just it's something I deal with. I, I try not to impact other people uh, as much as possible. Like, so one of my friends came up to me and they're like, I was like, want to go get ice cream? And they're like, oh no, I don't eat dairy anymore. It makes me feel bad. I didn't sit there and grill them on whether or not they're actually lactose intolerant or have they tested it or I was like, no, all right, fine. You don't want dairy. Fine. We'll do something else. Like there's so many things to do in this world and you don't have to be so like, I don't know, worrying about everything, about other people's lives. Let them live their lives is kind of, I don't know. Something that I'm trying to learn. Completely agree. And imagine, imagine if everyone was nice to the people who legitimately, from the bottom of the heart, said, yeah, I don't drink because it doesn't make me feel good. God, if only. <laughs> I, so I've gone through, I'm a very uh, one side or the other extreme person. So um, throughout my life, no matter what it is, I'll either go all in or I'll like, basically back off completely. So I've gone through like four month periods where I'll stop drinking and all sorts of different things like that. And I'm actually thinking today, uh, this month would be a good month to do it because I'm growing a mustache for November, another weird thing uh, that you know people have their opinions on. Um, but it's trying to raise um, money for men's health and, and awareness and things like that, cancer awareness and stuff. And so I'm like, well, it's this whole month's about men's health. It's about getting out there and moving, growing a mustache. Maybe I'll just toss another behavior in there and see how that goes for this month. But I know I'm going to come across situations where, I don't know, maybe I go on a date or something and I have to like now explain that, well, this month I'm not drinking for whatever reason. And I've been in that position in the past where I order an Arnold, Ar ah, an Arnold Palmer and people are like, don't you mean a John Daly? And like, ah, it's just, you know, just let people do what they want to do. Back when I had my first job, every happy hour, I remember I, would go to the happy hour and say, ah, I'm not drinking today. And people would literally get up in my face like, come on, this is happy hour. You cannot be the only one not drinking. This is making us feel weird. And like, that's okay. I'm sorry that I made you feel weird. Maybe I won't come to happy hour anymore. And it's, you know, I, I always like get negative about happy hours now uh, because of that experience, even though I'm sure happy hours are fine. <laughs> I have gone off on enough tangents uh, on this <laughs> podcast, so I'm not even going to touch that one, man. No, it's it's just, yeah, that's just sad. That's sad hour, man. That's terrible. Um, that, that was a hilarious John Daly reference before. I've, I've never heard that. <laughs> Anybody listening, yeah, John Daly had some, had some drinking problems, uh, and it's just, but also is a hilarious uh, figure, probably. It's probably actually a sad story but well, yeah man if you're I if, don't even know that story I just know it's a it's the alcoholic version of a of a Arnold Palmer oh yeah it's it's actually probably a terrible reference to John Daly's <laughs> drinking habits he's the golfer that actually drinks <laughs> and John Daly just loads up on the sugar so anyway uh but if first of all if you go out on a date and someone gives you a hard time about not not drinking just you can end that date uh I, I would say <laughs> also I thought where you were going with that about your dates was the mustache, the creepy mustache that you're probably showing oh, I'm, I'm on day one of? I've had so many creepy mustache experiences now, and I purposely will go on dates with the mustache, just even when it's not fully grown in, just to have fun with it. Um, now, like, I, the first November I ever did, I cut the thing too short because I didn't know what I was doing, and it looked horribly creepy. And there's a gap in between my upper <laughs> lip, so it just looks like two eyebrows above my lip. And I'm like, I'm going to catch you. And... Uh, 
it's it's creepy. And uh, I was actually at the first November event that I'd ever been to, the the end of the month gala. And this girl comes up to me. She goes, "You look so creepy." Because I, you know, played it up. I wore high khakis and big glasses and parted my hair. And uh, she was like, "You look really creepy." And I was like, "No, I know." She's like, "What are you trying to be?" I'm like, "A creeper, a creeper stash." And she was like, "No, no, no. I don't. I don't think you understand. You look really, really creepy." I was like, no, I do. And she goes, no, I don't think you do. You look really, I was like, where are you going with this? And I ended up leaving with her number. And like, <laughs> that, that whole experience was just like, okay, well, you know, you can be so strange. And all it does is start conversations. All it does is make you a little bit more interesting or different than anyone else in the room. And so now I kind of embrace how, uh, how weird I can be. And this year I'm wearing a Captain America hoodie from Target and growing the mustache and making fun little videos and stuff. So we'll see how that goes. And I think my parents' comment to me was, everyone online is going to think you're very strange. And I was like, yeah, I think they already do. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Uh, where can people find more weird friends like themselves, I think is such a challenge just to find an accepting group of people and uh, how can people make better friends do you have anything for that on us for us um so we've been really pushing this lean into your weird thing lately um i broke up with normal on the road trip i wrote a little thing to myself uh saying you know it was a good run normal um i think we're gonna have to part ways now um but i think it's it's about just admitting the things that you're interested in and not being scared of them um, you know, when you're a kid and you get made fun of for liking whatever TV show or being interested in whatever thing, it sticks with you. And, um, I know in my own life, I, there was a point in time where, you know, my parents were saying like, you have to pretend to like sports. Otherwise you're not going to have anything to talk about at work. And so I, for like two years pretended to like sports and everyone saw through it. I'm, I, I would be like, Oh yeah, the, the game and the points and stuff. And like, it's, it doesn't work. It's so obvious. But then I go to Comic-Con and I'm here, here I am thinking like I've been hiding the fact that I like comics my whole, or not comics, but like comic TV shows and, and superheroes and the whole concept of all that stuff. And I go there and like someone brings up Batman vs Superman and all of a sudden I start pouring out information that I apparently have been banking in my head for years and didn't even realize it because I've never had a conversation about it. And it just came pouring out all these like factoids and things that I thought and opinions I had. And I was like, whoa, here I am ignoring the fact that I've had opinions about this for years. And now someone just tapped into that and it all opened up. And then, you know, I, I just now put it out there. It's like if I want to be Captain America now or the Movember Avenger for a month, I'm going to. And that will inherently draw out more people who are interested in that stuff you know saying it on this podcast is going to bring more people who think that way in my direction and so i think it is that's one of the benefits of social media and one of the reasons i look at the likes is to see who's actually liking it and if it's the same five people maybe those are people that i can start spending more time with i think right after i posted one of the geeky things recently i got invited to this um, private facebook group by my older brother's friend's sister or something like that where it's all about Doctor Who, and it's like this big, long discussion about Doctor Who. It's even more geeky than I am, but it's fun to be a part of, and it's fun to see who else in my network is interested in that thing. That's that, that, that's really cool, Martin, and, and you really kind of hit on community, which is what we talk so much about under 30 experiences with what you guys are doing with Idea Lemon and everyone. You know, it's just nice and it's just refreshing to find other people who are just accepting forget like look man i don't know who doctor who is i like literally <laughs> i don't know who doctor who is and i like sports and points right but we can ex you know we can accept each other even though we're <laughs> we're, we're absolutely right it sounds sounds corny but come <laughs> but come on we can hang out and uh the, what we have in common is the need or the want for a more of a, you know, an environment where we feel okay to be ourselves and happy hour just isn't it. Like I actually yeah. can't stand happy hours because either I'm 
working out or I'm working at that time of the day or, or I'm surfing or anything but but going to I don't know yeah going to, five to o'clock drink to. yeah like at <laughs> five o'clock you know I don't mind going out later and having a drink but I, I don't want to do that at that that time and actually that makes me feel like shit when I start to drink at that time of, of well, it, the day it stops the progress of the day like one of the hardest things I've been at home um, for about two months and um, you know, at my old apartment prior to the road trip, um, and my lease ended, I, you know, everything in that apartment was designed for the lifestyle I wanted. The food that was in there was the food I wanted to eat. The, there was no alcohol in the apartment because I didn't want to come home at, you know, six o'clock and be like, well, I'll have a glass of wine and now I'm not being productive the rest of the night. And, you know, there wasn't a TV. I had set up that environment very specifically for the things that I wanted to achieve. But now I'm in someone else's environment. And so I come home and the dinner's made. It's a dinner I didn't choose. It's good. And I thank my parents for it. But, you know, it's there's a glass of wine and there's the food sitting there. And suddenly it's midnight and I'm still watching TV. And I'm like, whoa, what just happened? This isn't even, the you know, I'm not in control of my environment. And so one of the things, you know, I'm looking for a new apartment right now um, to get back to the city and I'm like, okay, well, what are the things that I want to design in my life? I know Raj has very specific things. He wants to be by a yoga studio and he wants to be by this rock climbing place downtown. And so as, you know, we're looking to become roommates, we're like, well, here's the things on our list. We want to be able to access these points so that we can keep the lifestyle going that we're trying to design for ourselves. And so, you know, he's into the yoga thing and, you know, I like yoga, so I'll go. But that's not top of my list. Top of my list is a place where I'm comfortable, you know, being in this room and working for a full day and not being distracted by constantly, you know, bars down the street or, you know, a place that's quiet enough for me to sleep at night because I have insomnia. So, that, you know, you pick your environments very carefully and it helps you achieve these things. That is absolutely killer. Uh, pick your environments, create your own Life, life is too short to be to just have have it be a struggle every day. If you don't like the people who you're living with, or you don't like the environment, or you don't like where you're working, or you don't like your damn friends, quote friends at happy hour who are going to get in your face, who you have to pretend to like sports with, go and but seek out other seek seek this out, seek out other uh, people to hang out with and. And putting yourself in close proximity with them or looking at other cities or hell, other countries where people uh, live in a way that you appreciate much more. I mean, that's, that's why I live where I do, because I, appreci I appreciate the lifestyle and the really, really slow pace down here because it helps balance my what was once a super type A personality. And uh, that has helped me a lot with my stress levels, etc. Um, well, absolutely. And like, you know, the community that's being built with under 30, like, you know, I, I never was a traveler prior to impulsively buying that ticket to Iceland. I never thought I'd go sit in the sun for a week on vacation because I'm pale Irishman. But, um, you know, you surround yourself with people who are constantly wanting experiences. And that's what drew me to it. I you know, I'm someone who will go sit in a, in a space tank, flotation tank for an hour with some and like invite all my friends to come do it as well, because I think that's just so unique and so different. And, you know, jumping into a, a pool of sharks is unique and different. It's it's not the thing that's top of my list to go do by myself. But if I surround myself with people who will be like, hey, here's a new experience that you maybe wouldn't necessarily choose on your own, but we're all going to do it. Hell yeah, I'm going to go do it because it's uh it's it's new it's different it's it's exciting and you know as i start looking for people to bring into my life i look for the people who are going to go push me to do things that i maybe wouldn't even think of myself and but as long as it's exciting and as long as it's something that is bringing you together in a way that's fun i think like i don't know i i go to i go to watch sports and um i don't have fun because i can't participate but if I go jump in a pool of sharks, you don't need any experience level to do that. <laughs> um, and so, I don't know. I think there's so many different types of people you can surround yourself with if you find the right group. Even if, you know, any one piece, you know, your basketball, I'm, you know, geeky things. But that doesn't matter because the shared interest is meeting people, 
having a good time and, and helping each other kind of push that boundary just a little bit. I love it, man. I think that is, uh, that is super, super important. And, um, I have to, yeah, I have to, of course, commend you for, for seeking, seeking that out. And we live in such, uh, such an amazing, amazing time in the world where you can connect with people online. You can listen to podcasts like this and you can find other people who are like you and you can go and literally live near them or hang out with them or go on meetup.com and see and again seek them out and design your your life so that you're only consuming the media that that you like and you're only getting good positivity uh and and feeding yourself the things that you need uh to, to be fed, and whether that's information, whether that is good company, whether that means literally the right type of foods with the internet, we this can all be this can all be accomplished. So I I love that, um, Martin. We should wrap things up. Uh, all right. If someone is listening and they just want to be all around happier i know we've talked about a lot of stuff and have a lot of actionable things for people to literally stop this podcast and start working on right now but uh anything you'd like to to leave everybody with well i think that last point that you just mentioned of consuming the media that you want um to sort of live in your life if you know if, if i'm waking up every day and i'm watching conservative news it's gonna put me in a, in a mindset that I necessarily don't want to be in. And that's, I say that having been there uh, and done that in the past. Now I wake up and I try and put positive or storytelling or different things into my mind um, in the morning. And so I would say in general, surround yourself with those people. Like think of the one friend that ha every time you say, let's let, I'm going to go do this crazy thing in my life. And they're like, hell yeah, that sounds cool. Think about who that person is and and try and reach out to them and say like yo man what are the things you're doing in your life and let's let's talk more because i really think the average of five is so important and um and if you guys don't know take a, just google the average of five um you're the average of the five that we spend the most time with and i just really look at who you're spending the most time with and and just ask the question is this helping me get closer to the things that I like or is this pulling me further away? And, you know, we're all quitting something in order to do something else. So if you're spending less time doing what you want to do in order to do something that you feel like you have to do to make someone else to, to, to be, to be friends with the sports guy who isn't going to be, who isn't going to care about your geeky side, um, maybe push in the other direction, push toward lean into your weird, as we say. Well said, Martin. Well said. I appreciate your your authenticity and just being genuine around this topic. Uh, around Thanks this for having me, man. Around this topic's great. I, uh, I've lost my ability to speak English. Uh, <laughs> Martin, if anybody wants to keep in touch with you, get involved with your community at Idea Lemon, uh, wants to extend the conversation, listen to your podcast, can you please let them know? where they can do all of that hell yeah go uh go to idealemon.com that's i-d-e-a-l-e-m-o-n i know i slur my words so hopefully that went through um but there is uh we have all the podcasts and all the blog and you can sign up for the newsletter and get the free voice formula uh discover your inner awesome discover your inner awesome is the podcast and uh check out the first episode because matt's on it and it's pretty badass so we recorded in uh, belize a badass episode indeed some uh some rum punch i believe was uh dude was that a happy hour it was around uh, sunset we were happy it, it was it was a very happy hour i don't know if it was a happy hour glad we could clarify hey clar clarify and dude next time we are in a place where there is a 
float tank. Uh, let's go. Let's let's do Hell it. Hell yeah. Let's we'll, go meditate and float like Iron Man. Not literally in the same tank as each other, spooning <laughs> and floating and I being in naked. So, you know, that's up to you. That is. I mean, I'm also <laughs> going to be naked, but not together. That's, that's uh, it would be an interesting, uh, I'm, I'm going to end this conversation. We'll be standing now. on our tits. That is great. Myron, you're the man. Check out idealemon.com. Appreciate you. All right, cheers. Hey, did you like today's episode? If you did, log on to iTunes and leave us a review. It would really help us out. We try to put out good, free content all of the time. Check out the show notes on under30co.com. Send the podcast to a friend who could use some of the advice. And of course, if you want to travel with us, check out under30experiences.com and 50% off Athletic Greens on the show notes. Thanks for listening.